This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone, the Liverpool.com podcast is back. I'm still your host, Mo Stewart, and I'm joined by James Martin and our own boy wonder, Kiefer McDonald, making his Liverpool.com pod debut. Now, as you can tell by my demeanour, I think everything's quite rosy in the world of Liverpool right now. Well, with one maybe exception. Sorry about this, Mo. You'll get him in March, don't worry. But yeah, Sadio's happy. We're all happy. Liverpool through to the FA Cup. We saw another new signing make his mark. But few would have predicted that anyone could upstage Luis Diaz on his debut. But I think the return of Harvey Elliott might have just done that. Uh, He came on the pitch at the same time. He brought some much-needed impetus and that goal. So, we're all dead excited about Harvey. Klopp is excited about Harvey. So, we're going to have a little sit-off and we're going to discuss his career to date, what the rest of this season can bring and beyond. But, Keith, I'll start with you, since you're our new boy. Um, Because of his age, because he's only a little lad and he's inexperienced still, it's easy to think of him as still part of the youth team, but we kind of need to leave that behind now, don't we? I mean, he has featured in every game he's been available for Liverpool first team this season. So there's no doubt he's a full member of the squad now, is there? Yeah, 100%. Uh, especially, you know, in the summer months where, you know, I think there were a lot of questions about, you know, he came back from Blackburn and he had a fantastic season then. I think everyone was, you know, is he ready yet? Is he, you know, does he need another loan maybe at like a, a lesser Premier League side, you know? Can we throw him straight into the deep end? And I think it was that Chelsea game at the back end of August, wasn't it, at Anfield? And, you know, threw him and gave him his first start. And everyone was like, wow, you know, and he held his own for, for like you say, for the game. And he was fantastic. And, and you know, sadly got that injury at Leeds. But, you know, every time he's been available, like you say, he's played. And I, I think, you know, that's merit to, uh, credit to himself because, you know, he's done that on merit. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't been given it. He hasn't been given, you know, those minutes because people have been unavailable or whatever. You know, we've had fully fit squads. And he's held his own, you know, against, you know, Thiago Akatari, even, you know, Jordan Henderson, Naby Keita, you know, these are, you know, £50 million players that, you know, he's keeping out of the side. And, you know, you've got to think as well, it's not even his natural position, you know, and he, and he, and he makes it and he makes it look so easy, doesn't he? And I think like you touched on then yesterday, you know, the double sub of uh, Diaz and uh, Elliot just really lifted the place. And, and like you say, who would have predicted that Elliot would have, you know, outshone Diaz, so to speak? And, and he did that, you know, even, even before the goal, he, he was so, he was so impressive, wasn't he? Um, you know, you know, just getting on the ball in, in tight areas, you know, moves it so quickly and, and with purpose as well. I think sometimes, you know, players can maybe use those kind of games when you're one or two nil up as a bit of a training session. But for him, he was like, mm-hmm. you know, I've missed out on five months, you know, I'm back into it. And the goal itself, the technique is is unbelievable. Like, I don't want to sound like, you know, some old pundit, but if but if Salah scores that, you know, people are going on about <laughs> weeks, aren't they? You know, it's a touch, to, you know, to control the cross. And then the way he just sits up for him, he, the connection is so clean and and the, the cop end as well, the knee slide, oh, the little look at the camera. It was just perfect, wasn't it? It really was. It it more than made my weekend. Trust me, we're going to be talking about it as much as if it had been Mo Salah. Don't you worry about that. I'm not going to let it lie. But Keith makes a really important point there, James. It's not just about the fact that he's coming in and doing little bits here and there. The game needed him at that point. The impetus that he brought, the drive that he brought. Cardiff were kind of, and to be fair, some of the conditions as well helped them. They were kind of frustrating Liverpool to a certain extent. But once he came on, the ball was moved a lot quicker. Everyone looked a little bit sharper. And that's part of the point of him coming on in the games where he's not starting. 
he's the kind of player who will always try and bring an impact into a game, no matter what time he comes into it. Yeah, it would be interesting to know whether the changes were lined up anyway, because I think he came on with Diaz almost immediately after Liverpool had scored the opener. So whether whether the plan was to send him on and sort of break the deadlock or whether it was a case of, OK, we've we've got the lead and now we can sort of try out the new boy and, and Elliot together, I guess we'll never know. But um, certainly he does have that in his locker, the kind of difference maker. The only problem with that theory is that he'll probably be looking for a starting berth quite soon. So uh, he'll have to make the difference from the start. But um, yeah, absolutely. He, he did change the game. Of course, you have to factor in the fact that Liverpool had just scored, which is also going to change the game state. But mm. yeah, it's the ball was getting moved around quicker. It was. It looked as though there was more impetus in each attack. Um, yeah, he just adds that extra element. He's a live wire. And as Kiefer said, he started off on the wing, you know, in his career, not in this game, but then to move him back deeper into that midfield role, there's always going to be that kind of extra attacking instinct when you, you take mm-hmm. essentially a forward and, and dump him in the midfield. I mean, for a time there, Klopp had Firmino as the left-sided midfielder, Harvey Elliott as the right side. I don't know if we'll see that against <laughs> Premier League opposition, but it was yeah. fun. I enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, in terms of um, what Keith was saying about avoiding punditry cliches, I think we have to have a bit of a bit of a moratorium on them with with Elliot because you've also got the like a new signing one, which I think certainly <laughs> applies. Um, the fact that he came on with Diaz as well, it was perfect. It was like it was like seeing two new big money buys, and yeah, they, they both impressed. I don't know whether yeah. I necessarily go along with upstaged. I think they both did very well. But, uh... <laughs> well, I'd say upstage not as a knock on Luis Diaz. I'd just say it as just the, the relentless joy of that Javier. Yeah. I mean, in the post-match interview, the first question Klopp was asked was about Harvey. So from that perspective, I think it's a slightly fairer metric. Yeah. But yes, we may have to have a cliche jar at some point <laughs> to deal with Harvey. And we, so we can all have a nice little holiday at the end of the season. Um, you mentioned starts. There is a League Cup final on the horizon. Pretty much every game Liverpool play between now and then, every single player on the pitch will be busting a gut to get into that team. Do you think he's got a chance? Um, yeah, he's got a chance. I mean, of course he's got a chance. As, as we said in the initial discussion, we have to think of him as a member of the first team squad now. And I don't think there's anyone in that squad who you'd say there's no scenario where they play the League Cup final. Um, it is quite soon and obviously Klopp's not going to want to rush him back. It was a serious injury. But, you know, half an hour or so under the belt already in a competitive scenario, it's it's the perfect building block. And if he plays one or two more times between now and then, which you'd have to imagine he would, then, yeah, he'll be in good shape to, to be in contention. Uh, Kiefer mentioned some of the names he's up against, of course. So if he does get benched, it'll be because Klopp's picked, you know, Champions League winner Thiago or, <laughs> or you know, multiple trophy winning captain Jordan Henderson in his place. So, you know, there's no discredit to him if he doesn't quite make the starting eleven for the final. But I wouldn't rule it out. We saw at Chelsea, against Chelsea, that Klopp really does rate him very, very highly. And it's not hard to see why when you watch him play. So... Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all. And if he does play, I wouldn't be at all shocked if he made the difference. No, me either. Now, the only thing with this, Kiefer, is, well, two things, really. One, the League Cup does allow five subs. So you would imagine that there will be a lot of change within that game. And also the rearranged fixture against Leeds United at home is 
I think, four days beforehand. So is there maybe a more scope for him starting that game as opposed to the final, perhaps? Yeah, I was, I was just going to mention that. I mean, I think there's, there's five games between now and the League Cup final, isn't there, including that one against Leeds. So, you know, with that being at Anfield, you know, you would you would expect Liverpool to have more of the ball, you know, more naturally and, you know, potentially be looking at breaking down quite a resolute lead side or, or they'll try and be resolute and, you know, try and implement maybe something of a low block. You know, they, they are, they are, they're, they're dire at the minute, aren't they? So they're going to need points and, you know, they're not going to fancy themselves at Anfield to maybe go toe-to-toe with us. So, you maybe think, you know, a game like that, you might need Harvey Elliott, you know, he's kind of attacking now, you know, that bit of spark in the final third, which, you know, maybe, it, as, as James said, if he doesn't start the League Cup final against Chelsea, that's that's no knock on his name, you know, that's just maybe because got my favourite experience, you know, it's, you, you, you know, someone like Thiago who's been there and won it all, or, you know, like say Jordan Henderson or, you know, Fabinho, whoever that, you know, these are players who are you know, at the pinnacle of, you know, the game, you know, they've won the European Cup and stuff like that. So that might be, you know, the one factor. But then you can throw it the other way and think, as James said, you know, when he played against Chelsea, fearless, you know, he, almost not knowing that losing feeling is probably good for him. You know, you can just throw him in and just, you know, play 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 his game kind of thing. So it will be interesting. Like like James said, there's a lot of football to be played between between now and the end of February. So you'd, you'd imagine he'd get, you know, a few starts and, you know, a hell of a lot of minutes, which is which is what exactly what he needs, I think. You know, if it was one game a week, maybe, you know, it'd, it'd probably be quite hard for him to get a rhythm going. But like you say, you've got another game on Thursday, you've got one on Sunday, and you've got Milan on Wednesday, whenever it is. So, yeah, you know, I think we'll see maybe in, in, in the next kind of 10 days or so, you know, if he starts a few, what kind of impact he has from the start, how he's lasting, you know, is there any knock-on effect, you know, in terms of his, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm not a sports physio, but is, you know, is there any <laughs> knock-on effect to his body or anything like that? Yeah, so I'm yeah. sure we'll probably get, we'll probably get a, a clearer picture. Um, but in terms of ability and what he brings to the table, I think he's got a good chance as anyone, and, and rightly so. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think he's been lucky in as much as he is still young and young bones and ligaments do tend to heal a little bit quicker. So, I mean... James, the reality is when the injury happened, ironically enough, at Leeds United, um, we thought we might not see him again this season. That's what the initial prognosis was. It looked a bad one. So the fact that he's been back so soon, there's still four months of the season left. You could almost look at it from the perspective and say that from his development stage, it's almost a free hit in that respect because he wasn't necessarily expecting to have this time. But do you think because of that, he's going to set himself any particular goals beyond just trying to get as many minutes as he can. I mean, obviously, he's got one goal now. Do you think he's going to set himself a little target, perhaps? Um, I don't think necessarily he will. I know it's the boring answer, but I remember there was, <laughs> there was an interview right. with him even before he got injured and he was talking about goals for the season. This was, I think, during pre-season. And he literally just said it's all about just trying to get as many minutes as he can. He knows the competition he's up against and the best thing for his progression is to yeah, just force his way into the team as much as possible. Um, that's not an easy task, but I think he backs himself and that, that's really going to be the key goal for the rest of the season is to almost cement himself, like you say, in that discussion as this is a, a first-team option now. Um, again, loath to sort of um, speculate in terms of physio things we don't know anything about, but I saw some some interesting shouts as well in terms of he looked, he looked quite quick in the game, which is a good sign. Whether, whether I mean, some people are saying he's got he looked quicker. I mean, <laughs> whether that was anything in that, I doubt. But, you know, the fact is he's been working, he's been having to work without the ball for a long time. So those mm. kind of physical elements of sharpness of things like that, 
they it looks like he's got into a position where he's got them back and down straight away. It, it didn't look rusty. It didn't look like a player who's been out for a long time at all. So as you say, when when it's someone who we thought we might be missing for the whole season for for a little while there, yeah, it's. I, I agree with the the free hit mentality. He's got he's got time which no one really knew if he would have. Mm. So yeah, I he'll he'll want to score more goals. Of course he will, but. Um, no, I don't. I don't think he'll necessarily have set himself a target beyond just getting on that pitch as much as he possibly can. I tell you, if he has got quicker, I'll be inviting people to come and two foot me anytime. <laughs> I can afford to gain a few yards of pace. I think now we are still in four competitions here, Kiefer. So he's going to have a lot of opportunities, and I feel like to, as the season gets to its conclusion, normally what happens is the teams are streamlined. Uh, coaches are less likely to experiment, so they're going to want their strongest eleven on the pitch as much as possible in the decisive moments. For Liverpool, I think it's slightly different this year because we are going into this crucial time with more on our plate than usual, but we also have more options than usual because I'm touching wood here. We have less people injured, and particularly seriously injured, than we've potentially had at this stage of the season for a long time. So how much of a boost can Harvey be to Liverpool's mission to compete on all four fronts. Well, he's, he's absolutely vital, isn't he? And and not just because of how good he's in midfield, but also you know the fact that he you know he's, he's played forty odd games on the wing for Blackburn last year. You know that that adds another dimension to it because you think really, you know you've you've only really got Salah and you know obviously the drop off is you know pretty sizable between the two of them. But you know it's another option. You know if you need to take Salah off, you know for a couple of games or you know even you know on sixty minutes a couple of times because like you say, on, on competing on four fronts, you know. You can say what you want about, you know, whether Liverpool's still alive in the title race. That, that's another discussion. But, you know, Liverpool have got a, a very good chance of winning three trophies, a good chance as anyone. And with that, you know, you'll need a, a big squad. You know, even in, in the two Champions League campaigns, you know, 17-18 and 18-19, it was very much the same midfield free throughout. You know, it was it was Milner, uh, Henderson, uh, Wijnaldum in, in the Kiev year. Then the, the following year, it was uh, Fabinho was in there, wasn't he? So, you know, these midfielders are used to playing like three, four times, you know, consecutively without without a break which you know is good obviously for, in one aspect in terms of rhythm but you know if you're competing on multiple fronts you know like they did in, in the Madrid season when you know they got 97 points in the Premier League and, and got to the final of the, the Champions League it's not it's not exactly healthy you, you know you do want a break and and I think you know with the squad now um, especially in midfield you know it's, it's it's Klopp's engine room isn't it you know it's such a it's such a demanding role and, and to have kind of, you know, five, six, seven options and, and all with something a bit different, you know, you only have to look at Curtis Jones, he offers, you know, something different, slightly different, you know, you look at Harvey Elliott, he offers something different, you know, you've got Henderson, you've got Thiago Fabinho, there's, there's completely different combinations there depending on who you're playing, um, which which is completely, you know, great. Um, so yeah, Harvey Elliott, he's going to be vital, um, you know, like I said, especially as you get to that kind of latter end of the season and, you know, it might be that, you know, if you're playing three games of football in a week, you know, you have to grind out results. So you might just need that bit of brilliance, you know, that, that, that you know, just that something out of nothing, you know, almost off the cuff. And, you know, he's he gives me that Coutinho aura, you know, when he picks the ball up, he can just produce something, you know, thread a pass through or, you know, maybe we saw it yesterday, he was taking a lot of pop shots, wasn't he? So, you know, if you need something like that, he's going to be vital. So yeah. it, is, it is a really exciting time to kind of see him drop into kind of, um, it's almost a perfect time because you think if it was maybe six weeks later, He'd probably it'd be like Chamberlain when you know when he came back in the Madrid season. He came back I think April, and you know he only got a few run runnings in he? he didn't he didn't get much because it was almost too risky. But now obviously there's there's so much football to be played that it's right. 
you know, the best thing to do is get him out on the pitch, get get the minutes back in his legs and, and see where it takes him. And then, you know, hopefully going into April and May with, you know, trophies still on the line, one in your pocket in the League Cup final um, and plenty to play for. Sounds great, doesn't it? By the way, we here at this podcast are firm believers that the title race is still open, <laughs> just in case there are any doubts. Now, going beyond this season, um, we mentioned there the fact that obviously he was an option that played up in the forward line for Blackburn, predominantly played midfield for here. He can fit into both. And I feel like there's a new breed of midfielder at Liverpool who can do both. Because I feel like you could say the same about Curtis Jones. You could potentially say the same about Fabio Carvalho, even though technically he's not a Liverpool player as yet. But these are the kind of things, Keith, that we normally see from Pep Guardiola, where his attackers could play in midfield and in the forward line. Do you have a feeling that maybe once Harvey gets older, he is going to settle in one or the other? Or do you potentially see a part of that pepness coming into Liverpool? I, th- I think further down the line, I think you probably will, you know, settle into, into one position. And, and you know, even, even if that's, you know, say it is a front three, you know, he can play on the left and the right. I don't think we'll... I mean, I'd like to think that he'd be that good in midfield and he continues development that he is a mainstay. You know, not someone like, you know, no disrespect, but not someone like Oxlade-Chamberlain who, you know, maybe hasn't nailed down a position in either, you know, the front line or, or the midfield. So he's kind of, you know, thrown in between. Um but, you know, as you say, having versatility and having players, you know, like Curtis Jones, like like Harvey Elliott, who can, you know, step in, it's, you know, especially when, as I said, you know, there's, there's such a, the, the way Liverpool play in a, in, a, in the front line, you know, the, the two wingers, it's, um, it's so specific. So it's hard to go out and, you know, go and buy someone like, you know, I don't know, a replacement for Salah or, you know, a backup maybe or a deputy. So if you can almost have it, you know, in-house, you know, you know, Elliot's training with Sally, you know, he's getting that development from the off. And, you know, if he does need to come in and, you know, do 30 minutes on the right or, you know, do, you know, a game here and a game there, you know, he's, he's more than up to the task and it doesn't completely disrupt the way that Liverpool will be playing. But, you know, like you say, he's, he's, he's only 18. So, you know, even if it's not for another two or three years that, you know, he, he nails down a midfield position, I imagine it'll be once one of, you know, Henderson, you know, Thiago, or one of them, those maybe going two or three years that you might see him, you know, be it be an ever stay in that side, but at the minute, there's there's absolutely no harm. I think the most important thing is just to be getting minutes because you know you only have to look at youngsters around the league. You know, for example, uh, Hudson Odoi at Chelsea he got that bad ACL, didn't he? And he yeah. kind of struggled. He struggled to to kind of get back into various managers' plans since. And you know, he, he was such an exciting talent at one point, and um, and now he's just kind of not fading away. But you'd maybe think a move would do him good and. You know, he just wants minutes, whether that's on the wing or uh, at wing back. So for Elliot, it's such a great dilemma to have because he's good enough to get the minutes. It's just where do you want him to get them? So, you know, if you can just keep, you know, blooding him and getting him in these experiences, you know, like, you know, I imagine he'll play a part next week at Milan. That's going to be some experience for him, isn't it? Playing at the, the San Siro at the age of 19. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's an, it's an exciting time for him. And, you know, I think the, the best thing is, you know, as, as you lads touched on then, he's, he's got a free hit. Not just not just for the next month, you know, next three or four months, but you know, probably for the next couple of seasons as well. He's already achieved so much, and not that he will rest on his laurels, but almost like, you know, he shouldn't be breaking it. Bar Trent Alexander Arnold and, and maybe Michael Owen and, and Stevie, how many players break into the Liverpool, you know, break into a Liverpool side at eighteen, nineteen? Not many. You know, it's taken Curtis Jones a bit longer, and you know, there's plenty of players who are, are late blossomers. So, yeah, he's he's. Uh, you know, he will find his position one day, and you know, mm. I think it does. I think it does maybe look like it might be midfield, just because 
I know, I know James said that a few people said he might have gained a yard of pace, but I just, <laughs> when, when, I, when I kind of watch, watch, watch him, I, I, I maybe just think he's, he's better centrally, you know, and obviously just being in those areas where, you know, the, you need the decisive pass or, you know, just that bit of energy. And yeah, I, I, I think, I think long-term I would like to see him, see him in midfield. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I don't like to be the one to say it, but when we're talking like two, three years down the line as well, that's that's beyond Klopp. So, mm. you know, there'll be a new manager in and all, all we're talking about sort of goes out the window and who knows what system we'll be playing. Maybe there's maybe there's a number 10. Maybe the midfielders function completely differently. Like, mm. we, we just have no clue. So, unless he nails down a position like this is where Elliot plays within the next two, two and a half seasons, then that's still something for a hypothetical future Liverpool manager to decide. I mean, by the time Klopp leaves, Elliot's still going to be in his early 20s, which is quite, you know, quite remarkable, really. So, um, yeah, in terms of his... I'm not saying it's a free hit until then, but it's <laughs> there is a case that we might not see the Elliot that, you know, will become the one that Liverpool fans remember for hopefully years to come for, yeah. for a long time yet. I mean, you look at sort of really... I mean, Kiefer touched on obviously some legends there, but you look at sort of early Gerard and that, what that kind of player was compared to what he went on to become under different managers. I mean, really, we didn't see the kind of iconic Gerard until maybe those those Benitez years, you could say. Um, and so, yeah, managerial changes can have such a difference mm-hmm. on what a player turns into. Uh, and we may well see that with, with Elliot and whoever whoever takes the hot seat next. No, that is an interesting point. And you recovered it from the absolute downer of talking about <laughs> Klopp leaving. Again, um, the other thing to consider is, is that we're hoping that in the right forward position, Mohamed Salah is still going to be there. So it may be that that is the ultimate decider of where he ends up playing. But I want to talk about how he has adapted to life in the first team at such a ridiculously young age. I know we keep going on about it, but he's 14 games into his Liverpool career. But the amount of things that he's had to deal with in that time is remarkable. And his attitude is always first class. He always, I mean, every time he's in front of a camera, not only does he say the right things, but it looks like it comes natural to him to say the right things. Every, no one's got a bad word to say about him, Kiefer. But the thing I like as well is that there's a fearlessness that he shows on the pitch, but it also seems to be backed up by his willingness to learn. You see him talking to the likes of Salah and Henson during games, very keen to develop as much as he can, absorb as much as he can. And he's also not afraid of a bit of hard work, as we've seen by him coming back from this injury so soon. Yeah, 100%. I think I think it was during uh, the pre-season when I think Linders was doing his diaries, wasn't he? And I think on one of the uh, one of the entries, he said that um, Salah, uh, sorry, Elliot had gone over to Salah and basically asked what he was eating and what he was doing in the gym. And I think Salah said something along the lines of like, you know, you shouldn't be eating bread or something, something like that. And Elliot just completely cut it out of his diet. And it's, you know, it's, it's that, like you say, that willingness at such a young age to kind of learn from the best. And, you know, there's no one better to, as a model pro than, you know, Mohamed Salah, who's obviously had his setbacks in his career, you know, was told he wasn't good enough by Chelsea, you know, what, eight years ago. And he's come back and, you know, he's now, you know, a Ballon d'Or contender. Like that's, that's the ultimate, you know, comeback story. And, so for Elliot to be able to learn off him is is just fantastic, and like you say, he seems to to back everything up with like he's almost like a seasoned pro. The way he, he always reminds you of James Milner, and 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 I don't know if it's because he uses like 
not not cliches, but he's just he's just so well spoken, isn't he? And it's it's like you always like, on to the on to the next one. You know, nothing's won yet. You know, I want to get yeah, the next yeah. goal, and it's it's uh, and and it is refreshing to see someone like that, and you know, at such a young age as well. Um, but yeah, it's um, having you know, learn like I said, learning off salaries is going to do in the world of good, and and like you say, hopefully salaries, you know, there for the next three four years or whatever to continue to to teach Elliot. Um, but I think Klopp touched on it yesterday in his, in his post-match press conference, and he said, um, you know, his biggest talent is his mentality. Yeah. Um, and he said, and he said that um, the day or two days after his injury, he was he was sadder than Elliot was, and Elliot was bouncing around the place, and he just seems to have this infectious kind of lovely character. And you know, like you say, it, you know, the, he went to um, I don't know if you saw, but Blackburn brought him out last week, didn't they? To the, yeah, to the yeah. fans and. You know that says that's an awful lot. You know, I, I understand he didn't play in front of the fans, but for a club to bring back a lone player, you know, six months later is you know almost unheard of. You know, especially at such a young age. Um, so you know, it says just how how highly he was rated there and and how highly they thought of him, which is you know another string to his bow. So yeah, he is he is such a you know a lovely young man. You know, that's the aura we get off him, and you know, like you say, he's not he's not scared to roll his sleeves up and. You know, I think he said, I think I caught some of his uh, post-match yesterday and he said, you know, if I can recover from an injury of this nature at such a young age, then, you know, it shows I can almost do anything. And that kind of, even, you know, in the depths of despair to use, you know, he probably felt like his world came crashing down that afternoon in, in Leeds. Mm. But to flip that and use it as a positive to think, well, if I can get over this, I can do anything. It's just, you know, it's a testament to, to who he is and probably what you're going to achieve. You know, you'd like to think you'll have a, a long career at Liverpool and I'm sure... We'll look back at this hopefully in, in in ten years' time or something and say you know that was the making of him or yeah. you know you you could see the signs of almost his greatness at such an early stage. The one that I always go back to was um, the Curtis Jones FA Cup match um, just before the pandemic, so January twenty twenty, and Harvey Elliott would have been about seventeen at the time, and uh, I think it, it must have been nil nil at the time, and Elliott came over to get the ball from the cart for a corner. And he and in proper Gerard esque, he like kind of g'd everyone up like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was seventeen at the time, and I thought, like, God, imagine having like the balls to do that. You know, such a young age and in front of the cop in in a derby as well. And I was like, even at that time, not not to be like I told you, but I was like, yeah, he's he's gonna be some player for us. He is. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's like that that wise head on young shoulders, and the, you look at him and you think about the future and what can come, and. Going back to what you were saying about his recovery from injury and turning it into a positive, it's interesting, James, because he'd have had quite a few people in that dressing room who could tell him all about doing exactly that. I mean, obviously, Van Dyke, there's Gomez, there's even Joel Matip himself. Henderson's had injury history. history. Thiago's had a checkered injury history. So he's absorbing all of this from all those others all the time. And I think that when you think about what he can become as a player and all those kind of things, I think. The main thing that I'm thinking of is that, as you said before, we don't know where his ceiling is. And that, to me, is the most exciting part. Yeah, I mean, he could be... I mean, Kiefer mentioned the Ballon d'Or in terms of Salah. Like, you know, a decade down the line, it, it could be could be Elliot in those discussions. I mean, it could not be. He's, he's 18. Anything could happen. There are plenty of players who have, you know, been really promising and disappeared. But it does feel different with Elliot. It really does. Um, I don't know whether part of it is because, you know, he's someone who the club have identified and spent money on bringing in. So he's that puts him in a slightly different position to your your typical sort of academy graduate or whatever, in the mm -hmm. sense that that's not to say that great players can't come out of the academy. We've seen it many times. I mean, most recently, of course, with Alexander-Arnold. But 
I think some academy players, they have the tendency to be more overhyped because they're just around the club anyway and everyone's willing them on to be mm-hmm. really, really good. Whereas Elliot is someone who the club have gone, this guy's special, we're going to go out of our way, we're going to spend fairly big money on you know what would have been a 16, 17-year-old at the time. Um, I think it rises to 4.3 million potentially with, with add-ons from the tribunal. I think everyone is thinking that's going to look like a bargain in a few years' time. It's already a bargain. What are you worried about? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in terms of at the time when they spent it, it's a bit like, okay, they back this guy to be something special. And uh, yeah, I think we can all see why. Yeah, and you make a good point. We do need to stress that he is young. And I feel like there will be some people watching this thinking, maybe even already in the comments saying, you're putting too much pressure on him. Just let him develop. Just let him grow. I agree with all of that. We don't want to put pressure on him. What we're simply doing is reacting to what he's given us. And sometimes some players, they just make you feel excited. They make you go against your best judgment. They make you want to see and they want to project all the wonderful things. So maybe he can, in 10 years, be collecting that Ballon d'Or. I hope in the next 10 years he's going to be collecting plenty of trophies for Liverpool and maybe a few individual ones of his own as well. Kiefer, James, this has been loads of fun. I really hope that we get to talk more about this kid in the future. I'm sure you all out there enjoyed it just as much as we will. We'll see you next soon. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.